Record Night. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And what do we do here at Record Night, Chris? Record Night is a podcast where we pull a theme out of the hat, and then we uh, each bring a record based on a theme, talk about it, we have fun talking about music. And if anybody listening has ideas for themes, or if you just want to comment on what we picked or what you would potentially pick, uh, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash record night. Uh, we're on Instagram at record night pod, all one word. Uh, we're also on Twitter now. Uh, Chris set us up with a Twitter. So now we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Next week, we'll get a Tinder. Uh, so we're on Twitter at record underscore night. Or if you just want to send us an old-fashioned email, we are recordnightpod at gmail.com. Yeah, man. I said that's How are you doing tonight? I'm fine. I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, without getting too dwarf, boring, my boss, he uh, went on vacation for two weeks, which I only found out because I got out of office saying he will be like two weeks from then. So uh, uh-huh. I'm busy as fuck at work. Just, just crazy. So I'm kind of a little fried, man. Um, it's a, it's a oh, little, that sucks. But, uh, yeah, I set that Twitter yesterday during uh, work hours. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I went through and I, I went through our episodes to make sure I liked all the, uh, yeah, followed all the artists that we talked about. And then there are a few artists call. like Lightning Bolt who don't really have Twitter. You know, like, yeah, that's kind of what I ran into. I mean, we pick a lot of like older artists. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes Hawkwind so doesn't like, have a Twitter either. You know. Yeah, how come Hawkwind <laughs> doesn't have a Twitter? <laughs> but I, 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 uh, yeah, man. And then people I like, like uh, I follow Lingua Ignota on there. Her she's New York and coming out, which we might talk about when that comes out. We'll see what happens. So our featured artist this week is a band called Vasm. They're a Death Gaze duo from uh, Detroit. Uh, they just released a, a record. Uh, you can find it on. Uh, it's called, it's a, fuck, where is it? What is it called? It's called Love to Death, right? And it's a, oh, fuck, I'm wrong. <sighs> Vasm. They released a record called uh, v, v Plus. It consists of 10 visceral songs inspired by Heartbreak, Haunting and Hallucinations, Zach Pliska, who plays vocals on guitar and drums, and Emily Stum, who plays uh, a Sturm, who plays vocals on bass, record the album in their home studio, making conscious effort to ditch digital plugins to go for a raw and organic sound. In Death Gaze fashion, they're playing layered guitars, reverb vocals, fuzz pedals, a top propulsive drums and bass. Zach and Emily contributed songwriting process, shared vocal duties throughout the album. Sound that was rooted in post-punk, goth rock, and psych rock. Literally, V Plus speaks out against domestic violence, uh, hypocrisy, and environmental ruin, idol worship, and social media influencer and trolls. Uh, Drew released two singles, Haunted House and The Familiar in May, with accompanying music videos. With the release of V Plus, because a brand new music video. For the song Love to Death, filmed and directed by Vasm. Uh, it's available for free download down at vasm.bandcamp.com. And they, I think they How like, do you spell Vasm? It's V Z U M. Okay. I think they got like six albums down there. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, I feel and, like I've heard of them uh, prior to this. Yeah, Probably I feel even like I've have, listened to them. Yeah, we're going to um, play the song Love to Death in the episode. So you guys uh, stay tuned for that and see if you want to check them out. Uh, yeah, stick around, check them out, discover some new music. Mm hmm. And if you guys are wondering what what death gaze is, it's the energy of death rock with the depth of shoegaze. That's oh, that's cool. That's yeah, what, yeah. So they, that's uh, how they describe it. I'm a I'm a shoegaze guy. I've been listening to some shit lately. So me too. <laughs> yeah. So I know a lot of you people were expecting this episode to actually be Desert Island Records. Um, not the case. We actually are saving that for a future special episode that uh, we can't really talk about yet. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> thought we thought it would work better for something that we're trying to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, uh, on this uh, episode of our Lord Thirty Four, <laughs> is now uh, piss and vinegar. Yeah, piss and vinegar. Which you said that to me, mm-hmm. and I was immediately like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Uh, went to look it up. Um, well, why don't you explain? You explain what it means, and I'll explain me trying to figure out what the okay. fuck it meant. And so, then now I'm mad at the internet. Yeah. So I uh, actually, I went down like we were like we had to pick a new episode. So I went downstairs, and I uh, reached in the bag. I pulled out piss and vinegar, and I sent that to Ryan. He's like, "What is that?" And so I didn't really want to rely on the internet to tell me what it was. So Good. I just said aggressive and snotty, which is to me piss and vinegar. What did the internet? Yeah, which tell you? I. Well, which I responded to just like, oh, so kind of like being a fucker. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, so I looked it up, and it says it's basically like a person who's full of youthful energy. <laughs> um, and they, one of their quotes is like, yeah, people think it's like a bad thing, but actually it's a good thing because it used to be full of like vig and vigor. And it's mm-hmm. like, is the person writing this definition unaware of the fact that like play on words can exist? Yeah, so like big and vigor can definitely exist as a you know youthful energy things like that. But piss and vinegar sounds like it, but it there in no context is someone saying piss is a positive thing. <laughs> vinegar maybe, but like vinegar is sour. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you've got the phrases you you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Like yeah. it's it's about being sour and then piss. So it's. Yeah. I don't know. There's it sounds to me like a play on words. It does. And so yeah, I you can take it. I think it's full of kind of that re, like a rebellious energy. Like mm-hmm. you've got yeah, chip on your shoulder, something yeah. like that. So yeah. that that's the way I believe we are approaching it this episode is people who are snotty, kind of a fucker, very that kind of like fuck you attitude. Yeah, so the thing is like when I was I remember specifically someone saying it and I is either Guido Ford, which is a weird thing to think of, or Joan Jett, who said she was born pissing vinegar in her fucking veins, which I mean, sure, but we didn't. I didn't pick Guido Ford nor Joan Jett, but, uh, <laughs> but that, that's like, yeah, the pissing vinegar. I it's almost like it's all. all it's got to be a punk record, <laughs> you know, like. I think so. Yeah, I think those tend or something within that that wheelhouse. Yeah. Those tend to be the snottiest we should probably address uh two people who died today real quick right oh yeah well one one, one yesterday earlier. one today yeah so uh joey jordison who played drums for slipknot from their founding until 2012 uh he passed he was yeah. young he's a young guy uh they didn't yeah, really... he was like 46 i think yeah he's a young guy and uh they didn't really say exactly what it was but um they're, they they talked about his past health problems Had something with his spine right Oh, I think that's in, that's kind of why he either stepped down from Slipknot yeah. or he's kind of faded away yeah. a little bit. Because I haven't heard from him since he left Slipknot. I remember really. Really, I had friends in high school that loved Slipknot, so I've heard about Joey Jordison all the time. And I think he wrote a lot of the songs and the lyrics for their stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, re- Yeah, I mean, Slipknot's not my, uh, my cup of tea, but dude was like a crazy good drummer. Oh, yeah, and he... Uh, he definitely... He, he definitely helped, along with Slipknot, introduce kind of extreme metal to more people. Yeah, a lot of kids heard Blast Beats for the first time listening to Slipknot. 
So yeah. Plus, I I heard he was uh really big on you know kind of like helping people and supporting people. Like he wasn't just kind of a shitty dude. I guess. Yeah, he, he yeah. seemed like actually pretty cool across the board. So rest in a peace, rest in power, however you want to say it for him. Uh, who else died? Uh, Dusty Hill, Hank Hill's cousin. Mm. Yeah, Dusty Hill is ZZ Top bass player. Uh, you guys have seen. Just a that. bummer. I am a huge ZZ Top fan. I did not know that about you. Yeah, really? it's just one of those bands. Like I don't talk about it very much because I often forget how much I like them, and then I, you know, I don't know some good old rock and boogie woogie. <laughs> yeah, they are. They do boogie out, and uh, I remember seeing um, ZZ Top in uh, Back to the Future Three. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I know them mostly because that's, that, you know, I'm a big Back to the Future guy, really, just like a huge one, and so that's how I first became aware of ZZ Top. They even have video, like music video. I think of one of their songs for BTF3, but uh, you know what? That's we're not talking about Back to the Future or ZZ Top. Well, who are we talking about for your record? All right, I picked uh, the second album of two. So the second and last studio album by Big Black, yeah, uh, called "Songs About Fucking," <laughs> God which damn. has to be one of just one of the best album titles. Um, so this will be the second Steve Albini band we talked about. We talked about Shellac on an earlier episode, yeah. the uh, Meat and Potatoes. But the only should be—I've heard people call him Shellac, and I'm like, that's definitely not it. <laughs> no, it's pro- people who haven't heard of Shellac, like the. The substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's weird when people are like shellac. I'm like, that's definitely not it, dude. That's shellac. It's a word. It's a thing that yeah, exists. It's an actual word. Yeah. Um. So Big Black is made up of two guitar players, uh, Steve Albini and Santiago Durango. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, who they play their guitars. They're like super distorted with like these like notched metal picks that give it this like really really like abrasive uh-huh, yeah noisy sound like uh all right let me finish introducing everybody yeah, 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 and sure. then you get one bass player dave riley uh-huh. plays bass and the oh. the big part of their signature sound the drummer is a drum machine roland yeah <laughs> they call roland because it's a roland drum machine so he's credited as roland on but the album i've been trying to find those man dude they're fucking expensive you find them online Oh yeah. yeah, well, because I'm trying to remember what it what model is it. I don't remember if it's like an 808 or something like that. Yeah. But they're also something that's like super used in like uh, like classic hip hop and rap music. Yeah. So it's like they have a very distinctive sound that everybody kind of wants. Yeah. Um. So we said it has to be like a punk album, and yeah. I think Big Black believe that they're a punk band, which I, I agree. I think yeah. they're a punk band, but they they try to do stuff with like the intensity of it where they they're trying to create intense music but they're doing it without the they're avoiding like cliches or like the signifiers of like intense music Mm -hmm. so it's like you're not going to hear you know three chord like punk things you're you're not going to hear songs about uh, revolution you know (laughs) fuck my parents you know all that (laughs) all that uh, you know normal kind of punk stuff um but it, they they still consider themselves punk rock but they're also like uh really big uh influence on like the noise rock stuff and i think that's because of this like wall of abrasiveness that 
the music is. So, real quick, for people who don't know who Steve Albini is, can you explain why he's important? Besides for Big Black? Yeah, he is a record... He doesn't like to be called producer. He's a, like a record engineer mm-hmm. who records, but a lot of... He's very outspoken in his kind of like anti-music industry things. Mm-hmm. His pro-DIY, like... He... Yeah, he's... He just hates the music industry. I want to talk about. I want to say that I, I think in, I fucking think Steve Albini is national treasure. I really. Oh do. yeah, yeah. Um, and he's so kind of outspoken. I I still think he's full of piss and vinegar. Just oh, as yeah. a, as his personality, but like he's not wrong. He's just he's very abrasive in how he does it because he had he's like I don't have any time for bullshit. He's I, like I have no fucking time for it. So he's like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, you know, listening to people like being the devil's advocate for the music industry stuff. And he's like, no, I've dealt with it. They fucking suck. They're trying to take uh, advantage of everybody. Have you seen his cooking videos on YouTube? Uh, I saw one where he taught, no, sorry. That was someone else. The lead. I watched the lead singer of, uh, Jesus lizard teach the screaming females how to bake a cake. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, I didn't know he had cooking videos. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, it's very, sweet the thing that he did like not like that's sweet dude but like it's kind of cute like like he's over there yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like this is what I made for dinner for me and my wife um but yeah yeah Steve Albini he's, he's engineered records for uh Nirvana I don't know if you've seen that that I think I sent you that that um letter he sent to Nirvana when they asked him to produce the record like he had this like set of rules he had to follow if they want him to be part of the yeah in utero um yeah, and I think it's because he was he was a bit wary of like, hey, the currently the biggest band in the world, um, wants me to produce their stuff, and he's like, I have no time for major label stuff or people just wasting his time and all that stuff. But you guys, uh, um, but he ended up doing in utero, and it's 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 probably Nirvana's best record. Like, if you want to look I agree. at it that way, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely their most. Uh, punk so record. the reason I think they fit into piss and vinegar is because they do actually work pretty hard to try to piss everybody off. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the point. So it's like the music is purposefully abrasive. Mm-hmm. The lyrics purposefully controversial oh, yeah. and offensive. Oh yeah. Um, most of which are kind of from the point of view of like sociopaths or uh, they, they're secondary. The band, says that you know lyrics and all this are secondary but they needed to find stuff that kind of matched the intensity of the music yeah but all the stuff they wrote about it's not stuff that they condone it's all stuff that they see that's like that's fucked up but there's an interesting nugget in there (laughs) of stuff to sing about um they would not even just like piss off people who are like you know similar to like punk Mm -hmm. where it's like you've got your punk is almost kind of like a club almost where it's like you try to piss off everybody like outside of your club you're you're all cool in the club they try to piss off their listeners and their fans as well they would open their shows by like lighting off really loud like firecrackers on the stage um they started every song with the or every time they counted off it was like one two fuck you yeah. um they would try to uh like a lot of the stuff that they were singing was like they were trying to like push the limits of some of their more <laughs> kind of like free speech like 
no, it's free it's free speech, dude. And they're like, all right, we're gonna see if you still think that after this. So um when um, was this album released? Like what year? Uh that's a good question. I forgot. Like eighty seven. Uh, oh no, it's right here. It's eighty seven. Yeah. Eighty seven? Okay. But yeah, they uh this album was actually up for being my uh wasted potential album. Oh yeah. Because the band quit after this. They made two studio oh. albums, two EPs, and they were kind of just like they they were on the cusp of getting really big, and they were just kind of like, eh, nah, I don't want to deal with being popular. Fuck do, it. Do you want to um, play their clip, and then we'll get more into this record? Uh, yeah, all I right. think so. I think all that's right. all I had to say as far as an uh, introduction goes. So this is a big black song about fucking. I do want to mention that uh, uh, on um, Spotify, they have an extra song in it called He's a Whore, which is a cheap trick cover, I think. Yeah, yeah, they've they've since taken it off like all pressings of the album. Like sometimes when you're listening to it, it'll show up. We're not going to talk about it because uh, they don't consider it part of the album, and I think it ruins the, the, th- the thing flow. that the last track is. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, uh, so you guys on Spotify, you can find a uh, big black songs about fucking, and uh, here we go. So that uh, was a sampler of Big Black songs about fucking. I want to say something really quick about this. Um, so I used to, I read this book growing up like, yeah, when I was like 19 called This Band Could Be Your Life. 
right? Um, it was written by Michael Azrad. He's a, uh-huh. you know, you know he is, or, um, he was like a. Uh, I don't think so. No, he's a prolific like I guess you call him a rock writer, and um, our bank of your life was a pretty. It was like 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 I don't know five hundred six hundred pages, but it all dealt with different bands that were like popular in the scene, right? So it had a folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, thirteen bands, right? So it had a thing about Black Flag. It had, you know, the Minutemen, had thing about Mission Burma, Minor Threat, Who's Screw Do, The Replacements, Shawnee Youth, Butthole Surfers, National Junior, Fugazi, Mud Hunting, Be Happening, and Big Black. Um, at this time, in 2000, I guess, one or two, uh, when I read it, it was hard to find Big Black records, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know when they, like, started being easier to find. I think Touch and Go maybe started repressing a lot of their back catalog. Yeah, and so... Uh, but uh, so for the longest, I I heard about Big Black and I just I sort of forgot about him, right? Mm-hmm. Until um, you mentioned this record, songs about fucking. Um, I knew about Steve Albini before that because he's uh, kind of a legend, um, and this is the first time I've really put time into listening to uh, Big Black, right? Wow, yeah. And um, wow. Um, this sh- <laughs> this shit is uh, it's punk as fuck, um, it's super abrasive, and it's something that could never ever be released today. Oh God, no! Yeah. Which is, it's usually like one of those things. Like when you say that, you're kind of just like, oh yeah, whatever. You don't. I don't know. It's it's weird because it's like, I think Albini's heart was in the right place yes. on a lot of it. Oh, no, no. I was like, I still listen it. to it without a lot of issue. Uh, yeah, um, I have no issues listening to it, but I could see anyone's parents reading the lyrics to this and thinking, what the fuck is their child listening to? <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny, though, because, like, you think back to, like, your childhood and you're, like, all those bands, like, your parents or not even parents. I, my parents didn't police it too much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you get people are like, oh, don't listen to Slayer, don't listen to Marilyn Manson or something like that. (laughs) That's bad, and it's like, this is so much worse, and nobody was ever saying, don't listen to Big Black. Yeah, Yeah, this shit is, and, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know that stuff like Porno Grind and Death Grind and all that shit? Like, this is different in the way that I think when you listen to, like, like, when you, if you're to listen to, I don't want to say Cowdy Cap, because they don't really count, but now I don't. Can you think of any porno grind or death grind bands like like I get I guess Campbell Corpse is that close? So, um, that's kind of where where I sit on this is like I think they're almost like kin with uh, Cannibal Corpse because mm-hmm. Cannibal Corpse was like we don't write this stuff because we think it's funny. We yeah. think our music is fucked up and we needed lyrics that match how fucked up our yeah. lyrics are. Mm-hmm. And it's like so they're kind of in the same wheelhouse, although this is less like gory and graphic and more like the point of what they were doing was like. A lot of the stuff is stuff that's happening based on true stories. Like, I think uh, they described it as like be like watching Ripley's Believe It or Not, where mm-hmm. it's like you you hear about it and you're like, "There's no fucking way that's true," and then you're just like, "Oh God, that actually happened." So it's like even more messed up because it doesn't have the like layer of like fantasy to it. Yeah, and I think part of the I mean, this record, I I, I don't know how much it predates Nine Inch Nails or Ministry. But I feel like, like mm-hmm. at some points, I got heard Turner uh, doesn't say terrible lie at some at some point in this. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, but I mean, all this stuff. 
if if you're not like if you are someone who doesn't listen to a lot of music or uh, I got my in quotes extreme music, this can be super abrasive and super hard to listen to for some people. Uh, not oh for, yeah, I mean that's the point. Not for me though. If you don't, I mean, if you don't <laughs> think it's abrasive, then <laughs> yeah. Um, but real quick before we hop into it track by track, mm-hmm. the album is called Songs About Fucking, mm-hmm. and fuck is the most uh, you easily used broadly used word in the english language it can mean so many different things um but each track on here is about fucking in some capacity yeah for sure and you know uh fucking over something sexual i I love the cover i love the cover (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah if you guys like online and when you see the cover it's just some way kind of arching her neck looking back either in pain or in pleasure sweating um, mm-hmm. And really, either one works with any songs. Um, uh, but do you want to just start with the first song here? Yeah, uh, the, the power of independent trucking. Yeah. So uh, right, right, right away you get with the sexual violence in this one because there's lots of songs that mention sexual violence. Like uh, oh yeah, yeah, and I, like at first I was like, hmm. um, do you? By the way, do you have this on vinyl? I do. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I think I have both their studio albums on vinyl, so and I think the. When you're looking at the lyrics, you're kind of like, well, I don't know what this is about. Um, the liner notes on the album really kind of break down what they're talking about on each song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this song is kind of about um, like truck stop prostitutes mm-hmm. and a lot of the exploitation they're in. Yeah. And the, and the, basically the, the narrator is the truck driver who is obviously the worst person on the planet. Um, like, or yeah. one of them. Talking about pissing in people's faces or her face and, um, you know, uh, basically abusing this girl but apparently she loves it he says right in his mind yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. kind of a sociopath and this is what they sing about and this is really this the they have a they, it says sing a song about fucking and that's that's what the round's called so right <laughs> yeah. away they give it about but yeah they're talking about how this truck driver is a, you know back you know and the people say, say truck drivers are the backbone of the country if you are holding something in your hand it probably came off a truck, right? Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's probably where this road so they get, came from. They get away with it. There's a, a you know a whole underground network of fucked up shit going on. Yeah. So, yeah, this is my uh, second favorite song on the album. I have a, just I have, right off the bat. This is not my favorite. I have two favorites, but we'll get to that. This is my second favorite. This is one of my two. Um, but you really do kind of get what the band's about right oh, off the bat. Oh, yeah, you're not going to have any, any preconceived notions are, are shattered because this this song, it, it's a great intro to the record, and it gives you an idea what you're in for. for sure. Yep, they don't ease you into it at all. It's no. abrasive and loud right up front. The vocals are buried in the mix, oh, but even yeah. then they're they're still, like, distorted. I sort of I sort of got a, um, a Primus feel. The way, cause there's not, oh, really? Like, there's no melody in it whatsoever mm-hmm. like, like oh no there's no he's just kind of shouting yeah it's kind of shouting and uh so i got that a little bit and by the way i heard primus some um, mud yesterday on the radio oh my name is mud yeah my name is mud <laughs> i love that song yeah it, it was it was on um lithium like like uh, that okay yeah like yeah. the xm yeah. thing and then i was on the w- way to see you guys are gonna look laugh i went and saw uh <laughs> snake eyes right which you were telling me you went to go see Snake Eyes, and I was like, "Oh, that Nick Cage movie." No, no GI Joe Origins. Uh, just so you guys know, I do. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Do, 
I had to see it for a podcast I do. Uh, this is not a movie I would have seen ever by accident, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it, it was there are lots of people in the IMAX theater I saw it in. It's weird. Um, Interesting. People people like GI Joe. We're swinging back to like early '80s nostalgia. Now we got the new He Man show coming out. They're trying to reboot GI Joe. Okay, did you watch GI Joe or uh, He Man shit when you were a kid? No, that was that was all before my time. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. Like uh, my co-host on um. My pod mood podcast. He was like, "You didn't watch GI Joe." I'm like, "No, nah, that's I'm a little, a little too young for that." <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I'm I'm too young for Transformers. You too. Um, Are you too young? I, for I like Beast Wars. What? I watch Beast Wars. About Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are you too young for that? Uh, maybe like a little. Uh, okay, I was I was deep in that. I was yeah, I, I mean, I was Power Rangers all the way. So I mean, the putty, right? Yeah, Putty Squad. <laughs> okay. uh, so does it mean like VR Troopers and like Big Bad Beetleborgs or shit too? Yeah, they, yeah. they never caught me as much as Power Rangers did, but okay. yeah, I still watch them. You put people in suits and make them fight giant monsters and I'm happy. Okay. And now I'm still big into kaiju shit. So you like uh, Pacific Rim and stuff? Yeah, Pacific Rim was cool. I didn't even bother seeing the second one because I heard it was awful. I didn't like either of them. So. Damn. I know, but I maybe you should watch more Power Rangers. I did like, uh, I did like uh, Godzilla versus Kong. That was that was that. Was, that I was, didn't see that one, dude. Dude, I hated the first American Godzilla okay, one well, that came out. Right. Not the Matthew Broderick one. The uh, the newer one in the reboot with fucking kick ass in it <laughs> and Brian Cranston. Okay, I didn't see that one, but I saw the one after that. I didn't like it. But Godzilla vs. Kong is exactly what it to be. Have you, you need to see Kong Skull Island and then this one. And I think, Okay, I'll I think, watch those. I think you'll like them. Anyway, back, back to Black. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the next song, which this they're just going to go ahead and uh, mess with the listener right off the bat. Yeah. They do a cover song of a Kraftwerk yeah. song and, uh, um, the model. as the second track. And the I, model, yeah. And I, I, I forget much, I listened to this version. Then I went back and listened to the Kraftwerk version. I get that. Yeah, too. the Kraftwerk version, they, they do a pretty faithful cover of the song, All Things Considered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, of course, the Big Black version is still uh, abrasive, and the Kraftwerk version is just I think what it is. weird and robotic. I prefer the Big Black version. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, it, which is weird because it's like, how does how does this band find a song to cover that still fits with the album and they find a song that's pretty much about manipulating a model for sex yeah, and I then mean, she's famous and he wants to do it again. <laughs> so the thing is about this, about craft work is that I just don't see them. Um, I, I, I'm trying to imagine Steve, I'll be listening to them and I see it, but how do the, how does, how do they get into conversations? Like, yeah, listen to craft work. We should do that song. I don't know how that conversation starts with a gu- guitar player. Santiago. I have no idea. <laughs> Someone brought it forward, and I want to be a fly on the wall for when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I figure like Santiago did like uh, that that Russian part in during practice, and and Steve was like, "Hey, is that is that Kraftwerk?" He's like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do. <laughs> That's what I should. But um, it's a pretty cool uh, cover. I like it. It's a good cover, yeah. And I enjoy this song quite a bit. It's a, it's the most like a song in the whole record. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess. I don't know. I think everything on here is like a, a song, but it's the, maybe the most, like, traditional-sounding song. 
But I don't think this is their single. No. If they had what, this, what do you think the single is? It's the next song, Bad Penny. Oh, Bad Penny? Yeah. Which is about, like, you know, those shit people in, like, friend groups or mm-hmm. your social circle that just kind of backstabs people. It is just overall, like, a shitty person just kind of uses everybody. And then how, like, people keep accepting him back. Like, he's still kind of, like, always there, even though he's a big old fucker. Yeah, so I... I the I'd liner be- notes say something about how it's, like, surprising how long these dudes usually live. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it says, what's really impressive is that some of these guys last so long. You think more than we've killed since all they do is burn br- their bridges. Um, I I think the song, that, the thing that's talk about this song is it's really the only song that... One, the lyrics you can kind of hear at the very beginning, at the very least. And there's, um, mm-hmm. and he puts a little reverb on him, a little echo on, a uh, on wrongs. Or, uh, yeah, just, the song, the song to me is just, it's the catchiest song, I guess. It's pretty catchy. I think my favorite song on here is the catchiest one, but okay. we'll get to that eventually. So, this is my uh, first favorite, by the way. I have a second favorite, but there are. About equal when it comes to favorites. Bad Penny's a great. Yeah. Like I don't think there. I think there's really only like one track on here I don't like very much. Yeah. Um, okay. But I think uh, Steve Albini has said he prefers side one of this album to side two because they were they were recorded in separate studios. First side they just like went in and like bonked it out in yeah. like twelve like, very quickly. Yeah. And he he feels it has like more kind of like fire to it it's a little more urgency. immediate and then like yeah side two they had more time to kind of like stew on stuff and mess around with it and it he thinks it lost something but i disagree <laughs> um but something to something to keep in mind yeah back in the day like when the vinyl was still a thing side ones and side two were a big deal you know mm-hmm. nowadays yeah side one and side two so side one i believe is called happy otter and then side two is called sad otter yeah uh, nowadays, when you know when CDs and shit became like a thing, uh, sides didn't really become that important because it's just continuously played. Unless you mm-hmm. wanted to do the thing that fucking I mean, Arcade Fire for a reflector, they did two discs, right? And the whole thing could have fit on one disc, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's all the other seventy minutes. So like I think a disc is like seventy two minutes. They could have fit it on there, but they still did two discs to um, differentiate between it, split it up. So, they, I guess, are still in that mindset that sides matter. And, yeah. Yeah, so cool. I mean, that's cool. And if you've got the uh, record label clout to do fancy packaging and stuff like that, I mean, might as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how they do it nowadays. And apparently, vinyl's so hard to keep up with now. Like, 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 there's like, I don't know, four months to a year delay in some vinyls, they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, a mixture of COVID and um, uh, there's, like, a vinyl pellet shortage right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess they didn't expect uh, people like you and me to be buying vinyl now. Yeah, I, well, I'm curious if something else has come on the market that's using vinyl for some reason and they're mm. getting priority. So bombs, right? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe like, computer parts that are mining <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah, so um, let's move on to the next song, El Dopa. El Dopa, uh, which is about uh, a girl who had basically like a sleeping disease or like kind of went into a coma. Mm-hmm. And there was an experimental drug around the time that this was made that you could take and it would wake people up from comas. 
but a side effect was that it would basically like give you really bad motor function so yeah. you would be like uh kind of wobbly and yeah. just kind of be messed up and that's what it's about it's someone who had everything going for her yeah. until she went into a coma and then they decided to wake her up and absolutely fucked it up yeah it's called dyskinesia and um mm-hmm. and so like yeah it's it's a it's a warning about this it's sad you know, like, like it is, yeah, because they talk about how great her life was before. She's mm-hmm. a beauty. She was a prom queen, and now she's all fucked up. And she, yeah, now she's like, why did you even wake me up from this sleeping disease I had? Because yeah, now- the liner, man, the liner notes on this one are sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think like the last line of it is like, or something about like killing herself was the only noble thing she had left to do. Yeah, they, and they're just like, holy shit, Steve Albini. Yeah, yeah, he he um sounds pretty kind of callous. Um, mm-hmm. um it, you know, people will say, uh, in fact, that I think exactly what it says is, Daisy went to sleep at 15, woke up many years later. She, being perfectly sensible, decided she ought to die since she had literally slept away her entire productive life. The medical profession I had, in her absence, decided that all life must be preserved regardless of worth to its owner. And prevent her from performing the only noble act she was capable of. Fuck. Um, yeah. So that yeah, uh, El Dopa, and, and I I don't know how how much it is used now, but I think at the time it was still pretty new, wasn't it? Yeah, I doubt it's used anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this song a lot. I think <laughs> it kind of rocks for such a sad song. I know. I, I want to mention there's a show that. Uh, I've seen a couple of episodes because I came in after watching Snake Eyes. And I sat down. My wife is watching the show on Netflix called Diagnosis, and uh-huh. and uh, the, on the show they they have you know each episode someone different, and it's like it's a like kind of like a documentary series. These people have these mystery illnesses. They don't know what to do, and so mm-hmm. I've been watching that sad shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah. Um, some of it's hopeful. Some of it, you know, oh, they found out, or you know, some of it's like, like yesterday they had this kid who, who uh, had seizures all the time, like, like seven year old kid who just always had seizures. But there was weird, like, if seizures is just her leg or mouth, and the doctor, mm-hmm. all these doctors recommending um, hemispherectomy, where they basically take half your brain out of your head, you know? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, and people live and can have a somewhat normal lives like that. If you do it young, you know, like when you're yeah. sort of rewind yourself, but they found something that might, the, the, the whole point was to find something else. Like, cause they, they didn't have a name for what was wrong with her. Like they, they couldn't figure wow. it out. Anyway, if you guys want to get a, uh, if you're in that medical investigation and uh, also be completely depressed, go ahead and watch diagnosis on Netflix. <laughs> um, but let's move on to precious thing. Yeah. Which is kind of not even kind of, it is about a dude who's, sadistic and abusive and basically wants a uh, submissive person yeah. to take part in his abusive yeah. relationship. Yeah. So, some more sexual violence. Yeah. I think I wrote that down. Uh, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I said subversive. And, you know, that's the thing. I, I will hold you down. I'll pin you down. I will pound down on you. You know? Yeah. Which is... Uh, yeah. It's... It's a dark one. Yeah. Like, again, they're... And I think it's an important thing to kind of keep remembering as you listen to it with the lyrics and stuff. It's like they're—it's not things that they're that they think are funny or think are mm-hmm. cool 
or anything like that. I I know with all the satire and shit out there that's misunderstood, like it's very easy to misunderstand it. Are there songs um, that are over three minutes in this record? I think all, all, all under three minutes. All these songs. A decent amount of them. I think like Kitty Empire and one of the later ones. Like, this could have been they a, feel longer. This could have been under thirty minutes record because it's twenty nine minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think about it? That? Was it was on the table too? Okay, all right, all right. It was lots of stuff, but yeah. I, I I really really wanted to talk about the ILYs one, so yeah. I was like, all right, Big Black will come up later. Yeah. Oh you oh you you were waiting to pull this one out. And this is in your chamber. Yeah. I ha- I have like a a set like bunch of them that it's like they they meet a lot of themes but it's like okay this one <laughs> this one will come up later i could i could talk about this one yeah um but yeah this one it's a it's a dark song yeah i think i think in the even in the uh in the sample where you put the i will wrap your hair around your neck like a noose <laughs> so yep. that's part of it because yeah and you know it doesn't have to be sexual violence it can be basically like just doing things you don't want to do to get what you want you know, yeah. Yeah, like, like, well, how far will you go? You know, uh, to uh, exactly, yeah. Li- again, I this is one of those albums that I feel like the liner notes on it really kind of uh, yeah um, snap into focus. Without this, you'd be like, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah. I mean, you can still you can still figure it out on this one because the lyrics are obvious enough. But then, like, you do kind of it feels like the liner notes are like where their brain was at when they were, um writing the song yeah and uh, all these songs in here that there's there's no like breather they're all pretty aggressive they're all pretty uh fast and they all they'll hit you hard yeah and uh that's cool like like if uh if you like that which i do <laughs> um but uh, you want uh, next up we got colombian necktie, colombian necktie. Um, and which got- is about an execution technique where you cut somebody's throat and then pull their tongue out through their neck hole. The hole in their neck. Uh, but it's not about that. <laughs> no, it's not. I think it is a metaphor for a dick. Oh, you think so? Hmm. I, based on the lyrics and stuff, just kind of like what I'm reading, like there, it's not very obvious, but it's like the most gruesome dick reference. Yeah, I see that. Like now. a horrible way to die, but you've got like, don't call it an ash can, don't call it, you know, a pipe bomb or something don't like that. Don't call it half cocked. Yeah, <laughs> Colombian necktie. When I get loaded, gotta go off. Um, yeah, this song's uh, kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like he's talking about a dick in like the most violent way possible. Yeah, it, but it, yeah, and the, I think. Uh, hold on one second. I gotta make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah, it says I don't want to die. I just wanted to give her the works. So again, I was thinking mm-hmm. sexual violence. But then again, her. I mean, like, yeah, that's that's a good. I didn't think about uh, Colombian necktie being. a Sort of a fucked up way to look at a penis. If you guys want yeah, to see what one if, of if you look, they posted it on the genius thing, yeah. like what a Columbia necktie. And it, for whatever reason, it's like a gif from like a show where like some guys kind of like positioning the tongue and like yeah. patting it. It's on so NBC, weird. I think this is Hannibal. I want to say it's Hannibal. It's a, on a fucking a network television, <laughs> like on NBC, <laughs> like not USA or cable. This is over the air. Or, I mean, whatever. It's I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny gif though. I like, I like the I like the main riff on this one. Mm-hmm. It kind of has this like. To me, it reads like country western. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, uh, country western or like surfy, uh, which is really cool. I, I like breezy. this song a lot. Kind of breezy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one this one is a little bit more. Uh, 
It's still very abrasive, but a little less dark. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. the next one is you want to talk about funny though. The next one, Kitty Empire. That's a funny Kitty song. Empire. Yeah, it's about a a weird dude in the neighborhood who's really only like friend. He's kind of like crazy cat dude. He's only friends with cats. But he's he's um, and he's living almost like a like feral part of the cat. Yeah. Thing. He's like the king of cats. Catland. I think they use the, yeah. Uh, they use the term I jump around with my wang in the wind, which I, yeah. uh, I flops around. You admired it, um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's about this kid. This song does slow it down a little bit. Yeah. This is on the the slower end of songs. Yeah, and so I I'm, I'm guessing see how Bino just came up with the idea of someone who was super cat dude, and he started being king cat in his neighborhood, pisses in his yard and other people's stuff. And um, apparently they can't shoot him away. <laughs> yeah, and killing killing a, uh, animals around to eat them. Yeah, because he's a cat. Yeah, of course. So the empire. <laughs> exactly, but you look at him like he's weird, but he's a king. He's a king. And how weird can he be? He's king cat, king cat, king cat. Hey. Or emperor. I am the emperor of all cats. I do what I want now. Cats. I do what I want now. Cats. <laughs> I shit outside if I want to. Cats. Kitty Empire. <laughs> um, but, um, this is what the Cats movie should have been about. Oh, dude, for sure. And it, <laughs> like, now now I can't imagine anything else but the, the cat and the Cats movie being in this song. So, like, <laughs> thanks a lot, dude. Um, <laughs> but we can move on to Ergod if you want to. Yeah, which I think this is the one song in the album, like, I'm not super stoked on. Yeah, it's, it's noisy, it's short, and it's it's whatever. I mean... Uh, yeah, I like I like the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. It's about um, you know you hear the stuff about like the witch trials and how people thought witches existed because there was like some hallucinogenic properties in wheat in the bread because like some fungus grew in there and that made people think they were seeing things. That's what this is about. It's like witch trials or like religious experiences all being kind of based on weird hallucinations, but then people using them these weird hallucinations as justification to kill people or be shitty to people. Yeah, in The Witch, they mentioned that. The, the movie, people were like, I think they got Ergot, but they were... In the movie, they were looking at the corn, so they were just talking about something else, but... Yeah, Ergot... Well, corn's a grain. It's a it's a fungus yeah. that grows in grain. Yeah, so they're saying that in The in the Witch, um, the, the great movie... <laughs> that yeah, I, amazing. Yeah, the tattoo of... Uh, well, I fill up my arm, guys. Um... Yeah, uh, they talk about they mentioned people maybe that had to do with ergot, but I don't it doesn't think, it does, certainly doesn't explain everything that happened in the movie, but it does explain everything that happened in the song, right here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah well, the liner notes say uh, many people pressed under stones or drowned or burned for uh, Satanism, while those of faith were quietly tripping their brains out on bad bread. Yeah. Um, but the the music itself is I feel like it's really more like setting a mood than doing a song which I it's really the only time on the album that they do that mm-hmm. where it's got this weird just kind of like plinking dissonant guitar that's really repetitive <laughs> and then it is and then Steve Albini it sounds like he's like shouting into like a can yeah, yeah. or something like the Everything's like super distorted. Um, yeah, it's 
it's not my favorite. It, it never quite like hits a groove. It's kind of like you get the plinking guitar and then just like this weird riff that doesn't groove at all. Yeah, um, it, it's um, it's strange how there's. I'm trying to think about people at the Big Black Show who know this record and then try to sing along. Like, like, yeah. like, can you? You know? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. There's no, there's no sing-alongs on uh, Big Black songs about fucking. But there are great songs, yeah. <laughs> uh, like Casimir Espelaski Day. Well, yeah, which is my favorite song on the album. Not my favorite, but we'll get to that. Um, but it's about basically witnessing like a mob hit. Yeah, yeah. With a pipe bomb, uh, where someone blows up, and he's kind of commenting on how good of a job movies do it portraying somebody <laughs> getting blown to pieces. And he's kind of surprised. He's like, I never thought it actually happened that way. Yeah, but apparently it do does. a rod and it blew him away. <laughs> no, I just, I love the main riff, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Um, this it, is it a very grooves. industrial song. Like if you're gonna, oh, yeah. If you're going to think of a, anything that sounds industrial, uh, I guess pre-industrial, Big Black songs about fucking Casimir Espelaski Day. That's what you'll say. Hey, this is this is what I want to sound like. This is exactly. <laughs> there, I mean, there are worse things you could want to sound like. Oh, for sure. This is it's in, uh, and it's all under twenty, all under thirty minutes. If you guys want to spend a little party day, listen to this. It's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna spend longer talking about it than it takes to listen to the oh, album. For sure. For sure, because <laughs> I think right now is when the song ends. <laughs> it's, uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it's short, but it, it's good. But that does bring us into Fish Fry, which my favorite I think song on the record. It's a great song. Yeah, might be the most fucked up one on the oh, album for sure. Um, and I don't know if that's why I liked it or not, but um, but yeah, but yeah, you got this kind of like, uh, it starts off kind of like this like, atonal, like high note played on a guitar. Um, but yeah, it's basically about a guy who, as far as I can tell, uh, had sex with his cousin. Um, I'm seeing brother, but you know, no. So he, I think he had sex with his cousin, Okay, but his, his cousin previously had rejected having sex with his brother okay. and then he was mad that, um, he got into her pants so easily. Oh yeah, and so and then killed her by crushing her head with his foot. Yep, and they, they, you know it says, "Uh, well, he fucked her first. <laughs> now I fucked you and yeah, he hit you with my shoe." And yeah, it talks about hiding her body. Yeah, more sexual violence. Um, yeah, I think this one was actually based on a true story. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, this one's super fu- this one's super fucked up yeah. um but i mean it's got everything it's got incest murder sex yeah it's 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 got everything you playing want your eight track really fucking loud and apparently steve albini likes eight track stuff like he holds i a- think eight tra- i mean eight tracks around this time were around yeah they were around i mean but like I- i've always tried to like figure out what the last one the last um you know album put on eight track was and I know there are some bands that have put them out now, like just uh-huh. now, just to have them. Like I don't know who the fuck listens to them, but yeah, I'd love to know like what the last officially produced one is. And yeah. I hope it's something like really weird and off the wall and kind of embarrassing, like 
Corn's Freak on a Leash is <laughs> yeah. the last eight track. Like they're really holding on that that would be it. Yeah, I also wish it was something probably super obscure. You know, like like mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like like Fleetwood Mac or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like I think the last like Technicolor movie. I can't remember what it is. It might be, it might be Deep Red. Oh, you're gonna um, say oh, now. You're- or no, it's Suspiria. Oh, it's I think Suspiria. It's Suspiria. Oh, where it's like they really like use the fact that that's the last Technicolor thing really well. <laughs> it's like a super colorful movie. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I don't want it to be something lame. I want it to be something cool. That was really cool. Um, cool by the way, when we saw Goblin play with his own. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. I still love Suspiria. It's, it's a weird ass movie. I know I've shown it to a lot of people and they're kind of like, this is you it. like this? This kind of sucks. And I'm like, no, it has, it's charming though. Like, <laughs> Look how much charm it has. And I think you were the one who explained to me why the, the talking looks off. Oh, yeah, because Italian movies uh, until, like, the 90s didn't record sound. It was all ADR'd. Yeah, I wonder. Just they thought that, like, they were just like, this is how you make movies. Weird. Um, and that's why if you see Suspiria, you're like, is this originally Italian? No, it's not. It's just, it just you know, the... Yeah. Well, so they there are Italian versions. It's so they could when they ADR, they could hire different actors and actresses mm. to record for a region. Um, but they would hire like people would go in and they'd read their lines. Yeah. Um, but some would be doing their lines in English. Some would be doing their lines in Italian. And like oftentimes, the actors didn't even know how to talk to each other because they spoke <laughs> different languages. It was yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, fish fry super super fucked up song yeah, super um sick. but it does rock and i think yeah it does rock you know the band x yeah i know x so they have a song called johnny hit and run pauline mm-hmm. also super fucked up but rocks and i remember they stopped playing that song live for the longest time because uh, they got mad that people were like moshing and dancing to this super messed up song they weren't paying attention to the lyrics yeah and it's like hey i understand the sentiment but maybe don't put if you don't want people to dance, don't put fucked up lyrics over a song that rocks so hard. <laughs> Kimmy Dawson, uh, you know who Kimmy Dawson is. Yeah, so she did the soundtrack for Juno. If you guys don't know, and also half of the member of the uh, I hate saying this term anti folk band Mold Beaches. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, she came through, um, and I went and saw her, and she had a few songs that were just her basically like like it's like a poem she's reciting, right? Um, and they're all just you know clap along she did a song about police brutality and people started clapping along she stopped she said do not clap along to this it's not something to be celebrating you know and so like, she, well then does it deserve having a song about it well it didn't deserve like people like getting like into it i guess she was saying so right yeah and so uh i mean i wasn't clapping along but i I feel bad for the people she chastised, basically, for trying yeah. to. But, um, I, I typically never clap along. I know uh, <laughs> there was one time I, I saw Les Claypool live, yeah. and he he was like, hey, this is a song from the new album. I've, he's like, I've never played this live before. It's been a long time since I recorded it on the album, but I've got my bass banjo with me. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> so he's trying to do it, and people are clapping along. You know how yeah. audience members yeah. are. Where it's like they don't know where what a beat is yeah. or how to stay in rhythm. So he yeah. had to be like, "Look, <laughs> it's been a long time since I played this. I need you to stop clapping." So it was just I cannot was, remember how to was, play this song. It was just him, though, right? Yeah. Okay, because I saw Jeff Tweedy, and um, people started clapping on his song, and they, they were going out. And he's like, "He's the new song." He says, "Can you fucking make up your mind?" 
<laughs> if you're gonna clap along <laughs> or not. Um, but uh, but we talked about how I think more songs deserve hand claps, but this is a different type of hand clapping. But with pavement saw, you cannot hand clap along to it. She meant to me <laughs> like a pavement saw. Look who proved wrong. Oh, you can do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pavement saw. Next song after fish fry is cool. Yeah, it's a song about how you're an idiot if you fall in love, apparently. Pretty much, or like how how love feels like getting sliced with a pavement saw. I, I, um, I have not experienced it that way. I feel heartbreak that felt like that, but not falling mm-hmm. in love itself. Well, part I mean, part of this is like he's watching this person more or less like die or slowly kill themselves, but it's like he can't do anything about it or doesn't want to because he's just like, oh, she's so pretty. It's not punk to fall in love, apparently. No, definitely not. Only <laughs> posers fall in love. I don't think he's. I, I don't know if he's saying like you shouldn't do it. No, no. But he's definitely saying like, hey, <laughs> this is gonna fucking suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's maybe weird. not now. It, it's weird. She smokes herself to death and it makes me sick. What is he talking about? Sorry, what did he say? She smokes herself to death and it makes me sick. Is he talking about cigarettes or do you think he's talking about something else? He could be talking about anything, but I think it's mostly like he's kind of letting her do what she wants. Yeah. Um, because like he can't quite tell her no or that he's like concerned about her because he's worried that they're gonna break up or something like that so he's just like all right i mean you keep doing you (laughs) you do you you do you and i won't say no and then she's gonna die do you want the tiny yeah king of the jews yeah kind of a a weird weird little bit there at the end tiny king of the jews yeah yeah it's uh i'm not I'm not quite sure. This to me is the least, um, is the most uh, oblique song the record has, and I can't really tell what it's about. Um, I think it's about kind of hating oneself so much that he's run out of stuff to hate, so he's now going to move on to hating you. Ooh, that. and that's what I get from it. It's another one of like the uh, the slower songs. It's pretty similar to. Kitty Empire. Yeah, but it's uh, it's got it's got more of like a goth rock vibe to it. Yeah, it does, and uh, it's um, it's a cool song though. It's it it rocks for sure. Uh, like most of the songs in this record rock, um, and abrasive. Like like this is the one. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, abrasive is the right word for 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 this record. Um, yeah, so I think this one's definitely kind of more dealing with depression and self loathing mm-hmm. and all that shit and how you when you're in that headspace you're still kind of lashing out and being shitty to other people too yeah like it says i started out drinking i wonder why i started drinking it stays that way you know like yeah just sort of like yeah self self-loathing you're gonna make yourself feel like shit here you go and that's the last song with that's the last song on the record with the lyrics <laughs> yeah and then in the ultimate like let's fuck with the listeners move they end with bombastic intro, which is the intro to the album. That's basically it's like a joke song. It's like a last little joke. Yeah. Um, intro track is the last track. It's an instrumental, just kind of these like really pounding drums. And it's like sort of and rising power. You know, like like you would think that it'd be the intro of the record, but no, it's the it's the last track on the record. It's, last thing it gets you really hyped up for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's a perfect snotty piss and vinegar thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's why Ryan picked Big Black songs about fucking. <laughs> uh, great album, abrasive album. Oh yeah, I, lo- um, I loved it, man. I'm probably gonna go back to it for sure. I like, like, I found a lot to like about this stuff, about this record. I I prefer this one to their other album, uh, Atomizer. But Atomizer is still good. But Atomizer goes even harder into talking about like fucked up, hard to talk about stuff, which is why I did not pick that one. What about the? Band? Although I like this one more. What about the band that Steve Winding started after this one? He did eventually go like, you know what? That was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Very recently though, he he in the past was kind of just like, nah, man, it's it's like a it's like a thing. But yeah, no, he was him, and I believe the bass player from Jesus Lizard before Jesus Lizard existed. Uh, made a band called Rape Man. Yeah, and he says it was from a uh, Japanese comic book, you know? And yeah, which I, I believe is yeah. absolutely true. But, but yeah. he's definitely like, that was one of the, like, <laughs> he's like, of my career, that might be, like, the only thing I ever regret and, was yeah. naming my band that. And, yeah, so I think the guy from Jesus feels the same way as, like, the biggest mistake, I've, biggest regret I have. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, uh, I would feel that album's pretty good though. Yeah, 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 yeah it's pretty good actually. Um, but uh, that's Big Black songs about fucking. You find it on um, Spotify. If you guys don't have Spotify, uh, I don't know why not. Or I mean, if you're lucky, you can find it. You know, at your grocery store. But I went for an Amazon looking for an Amazon, like like actual like how much it would be to buy like used. It's like 50, uh-huh. it's like fifty dollars. Oh fuck that! That yeah. thing is often reissued and reprinted. Yeah. So like, just wait, wait a and you can, <laughs> and they charge next to nothing for it. I think yeah. I picked it up for like fifteen dollars, brand new. Uh, cool. Just go down to your record store, ask them if you can get it or order it. Awesome. Um, we'll get into my record now, right? I, I uh, yeah, I think we should. Okay, so I uh, I don't know what Ryan thought or he's heard of Nation Eglises. Are you familiar with them? I have not. Okay. So, I have not, and I am not. <laughs> so Nation Ulysses, they were a uh, a band from um, D.C. Uh, consisted of uh, Ian Servonius, Steve Croner, Tim Green, Steve Gamboa, and James Canty. If you remember the last name, Canty, Canty, James Canty, is the brother of Brendan Canty of Fugazi, right? Ah. Yeah, uh, but getting into Nation Ulysses, they were a very... I'm actually going to pull up their Discord um, description of the band because they are one of the weirdest bands I think I've seen come out of the DC scene. Um, and uh, the best way I've heard them described is on their uh, their bio on the Discord website. So I'm going to pull that up really quick. And um, Nation Ulysses was a violent separatist political party and terrorist group operating out of Washington, D.C. in the early 1990s. Though they disappeared and obscured, they spawned countless milquetoast imitators who tried to appropriate their looks, language, sound, and presentation for the sake of career advancement. Um, so if you guys ever see pictures of Nation Ulysses, they are dressed very stylishly um, in suits. They didn't dress like punk rockers. That was what part of what they were yelling against. They thought that the mainstream and the man, I guess is the best way to put it, have co-opted uh-huh. youth culture, and the way to uh, counteract that was to use fashion. Right, um, right. They're also very far left. They, uh, they have their first record is called Thirteen Point Program Destroy America," and uh, <laughs> and um, they were fucking awesome. <laughs> they they, uh, they would go online. They and they go on stage and they, res- you know, uh, recite Nietzsche and um, and uh, other philosophical things 
Well, people would just want them to play music. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I... If you guys hear Refused, or, uh... You'll Which hear, we listened to on a uh, previous episode. Yeah, they're basically... People will say they're ripping off Nation of Ulysses. Because Nation of Ulysses refuse sound a lot like them you know and their mm-hmm. their politics are sort of the same and uh even um um dennis lixon he dresses very stylishly like the guys from um uh nation Ulysses do do or did because they they were they broke up right after this record was point uh put out again um mm-hmm. they were only around for two uh full links and then they at least their uh third one they're in the process of recording at like 2000 with like a few extra like live tracks, right? Oh, weird. Yeah, but this is a nation. But, hey, our bands are both pretty similar with only two studio albums. Yeah, yeah, right. And they're around for four years, and uh, they are a legendary band out of DC, and they sound a little bit like Refused and Fugazi mixed together. And mm-hmm. it's no surprise because Ian McKay produced the record, plays Pretty for Baby, which is the record I'm talking about today. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, I'm going to play the uh, clip that I put together for, for Plays Pray for Baby, and then we'll talk about the record. You good? Perfect. Yeah, I'm uh, excited Find to talk it about on it. Spotify or buy it. And that goes for both records. Uh, so here, here we go. Yeah, that's a little sample of Nation Uses plays pretty for baby. Um, that was so 
refused. Yeah. That I refused to believe it wasn't refused. Yeah. To you, the bold <laughs> and foolish lambs. To you who are intoxicated with riddles, let's go. You take pleasure. Yeah, that, that's how the record starts out. It sounds like the last show in there, uh, reciting uh, lines from Thus Speaks There's Dustra by Nietzsche, a book I tried to read, but couldn't. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I, no, I loved that, like, every time they cut to basically annoying and antagonizing the the audience member yeah. of a live yeah. show you can hear them live, like, i think even during this part you hear people go like just play yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh it's not on this um record but if you listen to it on spotify there's a you know song where he starts saying stuff and they're like they're like uh can you, can you please recall i'm trying to read this thank you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, which i did i did listen to uh spotify has three extra tracks on it that were added at a later point, and I didn't know that, and I listened to it and have notes on them, but yeah. we're not going to talk about no, them. But worth not... listening to. Yeah, listen, yeah. listen to it all the way through. It's got some good shit down there. Yeah. So, um, we'll start. Uh, this is, like I said, released in 1992. Um, so uh, right around that time where grunge was starting to get popular and starting mm-hmm. to notify. But Nationalist has came out with this noisy shit. It's a noisy record. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's. Like I said, they're far left. It's pretty political, and uh, but again, these songs are hard to pin down exactly what politics they're talking about. Um, yeah, and I think so. I did look some stuff up just like about them to kind of figure out like where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot more context on the music when they said they were like inspired by like free jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually did after I listened to this album, just as like extra research, listen to the shape of jazz to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool free jazz album i like it i i had previously not listened to that one and i'd listened to ornette coleman's um free jazz which i don't like as much that thing is chaotic as hell what do you think about miles um, davis if we're talking about jazz. i love miles davis so yeah. uh, birth of cool and uh bitches brew and have stuff. not listened to birth of cool or kind of blue uh but i love bitches brew yeah uh i, th- I think they're real, i i think i put a uh a a team in the hat for out of our wheelhouse where we're, uh-huh. we're gonna pick something just something that we, you know, don't usually talk about. You're going to pick a jazz album? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, that's Nothing something wrong with, with that. It's something we have to pick for ourselves. It's a weird one because I don't think we'd be giving each other something to be out of our wheels. I think it's something we have to pick for ourselves. Kind of like, um, uh, you know, the, uh, of misconnections. Misconnections, yeah. Kind of yeah. like that. Um, but, uh, of course, we talk about each other's pick. But. Yeah. Um, what's about track by track in some Ulysses? Um, yeah. Uh, so just another kind of like overall thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they kind of like approach their politics in this is really interesting yeah. where like they really do kind of set themselves apart from other punk stuff um, just in like a really interesting way. Like the way they look at the world is like we don't want to repeat the counterculture revolutions of our parents mm-hmm. which i think i mean this song really talks about it it's like this isn't he says for example know, we're I'm not talking, talking about the beatles yeah written 100 years before i was born <laughs> yeah because it's like it obviously wasn't written 100 years before he was born but it's like it's irrelevant it's 100 years old it's different shit like that's that's your counterculture stuff like now it is it's us we need to do our own thing and stop trying to repeat the past because obviously it didn't work because we're here now Nationalist is also pretty, uh, pretty noble because they didn't, they really went, they didn't focus on one aspect of their band. 
their whole band together, they had a vision. Like, like for the oh, whole yeah. thing. Like, the whole thing. Not just their, the way they looked at their music, but the, together as a unit, they were, they had a vision. And it was... Yeah, one thing, one thing I saw when I was looking them up is they don't call themselves a band. They call themselves a political party. Yeah, which is pretty fucking awesome. I gotta say. I think that's pretty funny. You do read a lot of the stuff about them, though. I was just kind of thumbing through their Wikipedia, uh-huh. um, and it was like, Oh my god, these guys are so fucking pretentious, yeah. but they're not wrong. They're not wrong about uh, most of the stuff they say, In but the manifesto, oh, they my, have, they have oh manif- my god. Yeah, I just showed Ryan the back of the Nation of Ulysses vinyl, and they have a fucking manifesto about them on the back of it. And, um, even oh, it, damn, I should have grabbed my big black vinyl. Even inside of it, like, they got, they got like, look at, look at this. Look, look, at, look at all this shit. These aren't lyrics. <laughs> it's just, uh, but... Uh, to me, that 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 proves they went more deep into it. Um, yeah, and I I think it's really cool. Like, it does kind of feel like, got like a shotgun blast of political influences uh-huh. and like stuff that they reference. Like, they open the album with like a spoken word thing from you know uh, a nihilist philosopher. <laughs> um, and then it's like, then they've got all all the like songs and stuff, and they're referencing this, and they've got this idea. Like, it really feels like they're just trying to like shock your brain into like, hey, if you look all of this stuff up, mm-hmm. it's like a launching point of like educating the youth, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it's, it's also very furious. This stuff, like, like right away, it gets it gets it gets fast and well, right away yeah. after the spoken yeah, yeah. word. Yeah, um, one of the things that I wrote down is, but who's got the real anti-parent culture sound? <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. So this also, like, when you said a you a burst of youthful exuberance, here we go. <laughs> like, like, here, like, yeah, here we are. Like, yeah. this actually matches piss and vinegar of both definitions. Yeah, and they were, um, they were, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus fuck. Um, th- when I thought about youth, this is what I thought of. And I, honestly, I it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to choose. I mean, you, you chose right away, mm-hmm. and I, was, I, I took the weekend. I took the weekend to figure out what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes me a long a long time to do stuff, but it's like, yeah, when you when I figured out what Piss and Vinegar was, it was like, oh, who's the biggest fucker I know? <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but it's Steve Albini. So we'll talk about uh, Insubulus. It's, it's, a, it's a song that gets loud right away. Um, yelping. Um, they talk about... Mal, there's a little bit of trumpet in this because the lead singer Ian does play trumpet as well, and that, that's yeah, just, it's not a ska album though. No, don't not, go into it thinking it's, it's a ska album. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think any, I don't think there's any song here that sounds like ska. But there's a song I hate. <laughs> there's a song I hate in the circle. We'll get to that. Oh really? Yeah. Can't say I wonder that. if it's the song I really like. <laughs> so uh, we get to a comment on ritual. Uh. This song is, if you think about it, it's just a comment on celebrity culture. It's still relevant today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it it also does kind of touch on their um, their kind their ideas about fashion. Yeah. Like say everything in a T-shirt, but it's like I think he's being sarcastic about that. Oh, yeah. In like you know you're trying to wrap your whole personality up in a brand yeah. or. You know, a band T-shirt. My T-shirt or shows everything, something like that. Which is honestly the most interesting music part of the song is where they repeat the "My T-shirt shows everything" part. They have this little off-time sort of off-kilter thing where they repeat it. 
again, yeah. Again, there's a lot of chanting in this record. It's not really much melody, but a lot like Big Black. Not a lot of melody, but definitely cool as fuck music and anger music. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it matches really well with kind of what they're trying to get across. Oh yeah, and about and uh, it, like there's, you know, there's a lot of like it's a lot easier kind of like get in and get on board with catchier music or yeah. something like that. Like you could, but they're like, no, we're we're better than that. Like yeah. we don't need to dumb it down. Like they they feel really smart is kind of the thing. It's like they respect their audience and all that stuff enough to be like, okay, you're going to get some of the weird free jazz tendencies we have and, and this also, angular guitar shit. And, and they would be so pretentious they weren't so passionate about it. Because, yeah, yeah this both the records those two, I mean, I, I would say a little bit more now, I would say about Big Black, but when it comes to Nation Ulysses, you can tell they have passion for what they're singing about, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's passion, like, if it weren't so passionate, you would think it's pretentious, but it's, it's passionate as fucking... They sound like they mean what they're singing. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to hang out with these dudes because nah. it would be exhausting. Nah, but be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. This is an album that I think takes a lot of time to digest, mm. both for like the music and like if I really wanted to dive in and figure out all the references and all that stuff is like, like I was saying, like it is a really good jumping off point for like yeah. kind of changing your worldview and stuff like that. Like they're giving you all the pieces to like, all right. Now go off, go, go read <laughs> philosophy and go explore free jazz and yeah. change how you know change how you look so you're not supporting the man. Yeah, it's good to spend forty minutes with them, but like you said, whole day with Ian Cerrone's the lead singer. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh my god, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> let me think for a second. Yeah, your suit's getting dirty, man. Um, but um, <laughs> we get into the next song, the Hickey Underworld. Um, yeah, slower, um, but yeah, like it still retains a lot of its heaviness. Yeah, and it, you know, like uh, good, some good little sides in here, like a uh, hysteria coming from the stereo, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, for example, I got a few things out of this, like sort of like uh, you know, it's this hysteria coming from the stereo, sort of like yeah, fear culture when people are trying to scare you, and then action. Do you want some? Do you want it? Like take action. You know, that's what I got from it. But again, yeah, I was also kind of getting like weird, like sex vibes out of it. Yeah, didn't weird. But I'm not sure like he was trying to like make a comment on it because I'm sure they have ideas about it, but it's like eh, I don't quite, I don't know what they are. Are You like <laughs> pro anti? Yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, he getting well. Then the title I think comes from older film, and I didn't really look that much into it. Um, well, hey, now if you wanna, now you can. Yeah, yeah, uh, I could. But I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna <laughs> lots do it. of lots of references in here for it, you to a nice rabbit hole for you to go down. Yeah, well, yeah. Here people type on the computer, tip tap. Chris, what are you looking at? Um, <laughs> but yeah, this slowed down a bit for this one, and then um, we get into another furious song, "Perpetual Motion Machine." Yeah, which I about... think was I think which, uh, I think this was, I guess like, a quote unquote the single, because the one I saw like the top played song on on Spotify. Oh really? Yeah. Was, okay. Um. Cost. That makes sense. It's it reads kind of like an anti-drug song. Yeah, there are a few songs on here that really like an anti-drug song. It's it's the first song that mentions Robitussin. <laughs> yeah, they they are also like really big on talking about cough syrup. So yeah. I don't know if that was like the drug of choice at the time. It was as easy to get your hand. It probably made, there was like a codeine problem. I'm but not sure. I do know that the guys in Nation Ulysses did not do drugs. They were clean. 
sober people. Okay. Which is Maybe crazy. Maybe that's why Ian McKay which, liked him so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Ian McKay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. It does feel like during this time, especially like even in the Washington, D.C. Uh, scene, was, there was a lot more kind of uh, straight edge culture. Yeah. And, uh, Ian, happening. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ian. <laughs> no, but uh yeah like, like i said nation used to sound like fugazi and refuse had a baby but they predate refused and even predate fugazi as we know them now so oh really yeah but you know they had a lot of influences from uh you know like they like said producers ian mckay i think this was probably recorded in your studios like like every yeah, other yeah dc release um yeah, Discord's a, a a funny label. Like all their all the bands they have in there are from DC. That's why they have Discord. DC Discord. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just made that connection uh, right before you said that. Actually, I was like, oh, DC. You want to hear a secret? So did I. Yeah. <laughs> so did oh, I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just I was talking to my ass, and it came to be true. Um, but um, cough syrup. Why don't you cough it up? This song sounds like it's against big pharma, but it's really hard to know. Yeah, it, it does feel a lot more like a against like recreational drug use, but mm-hmm. then they do also drop like big brand names, like they say like Benadryl and Robitussin, uh, all that shit. So it's kind of it maybe a both, maybe a, an amalgamation of both of like, hey, who's your yeah, what who is your uh, recreational drug use actually benefiting exactly. But I do like the this song has a lot of dissonance um, and oh, like yeah. the cook the or the hook the uh, cough syrup why don't you cough it up yeah it's like so off kilter oh, like it's just like what a I just remember sitting there going like what a weird hook like yeah, yeah barely a hook you're not yeah. chanting it's like cough syrup why don't you cough it up cough syrup why don't you cough it up <laughs> yeah. it's it's came out like a tongue twister it's like yeah. people can't even sing along to this it's awesome yeah. Uh, which brings us to the first instrumental song on the record, Nation of Yulis' Future Vision Hypothesis. Really a free jazz song. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I it, love this song. It's a, it's, it's a good way to break it up, right? <laughs> like, to break up record like this. It's instrumental. It's, like, dubby and jazzy. Yeah. Uh, it's got some, like, random kind of, like, mumbling vocals yeah. Yeah. that are happening. And it's, I thought it was hilarious, like, on a punk album. Yeah. And it also it wasn't like an interlude. It wasn't. Oh yeah, like, it's a full song. It's like it's a yeah. I guess it's like three, three or song. four minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so it's not like aha, look, we're doing a little jazz thing. They're like, no, I can't imagine we're the, doing a jazz thing. I can't imagine the audience listening to this like after like hearing three for your songs, and then they come to this like, what the fuck did we come to? Because oh, loved it. Because the, the you know the lead singer plays trumpet. So uh-huh. he, he had shit to do. He didn't have to walk off stage. He just pulled out his trumpet, probably hanging out in an amp somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nation Ulysses also were known for their legendary live shows when it comes to how um, how energetic they were. You can see in the cover of this one, you see the, the guitar player halfway in the air. Like, like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, well, the lead singer just the hair in his face screaming in the microphone. Uh, but yeah, uh, NOU Future Hypothesis, Future Vision Hypothesis, killer song. And a way to yeah, break it was up, great. Way to break up this record. Um, which brings us into the second song of Mitch's Robitussin, 50,000 Watts of Goodwill. Yeah, it opens with. Uh, it sounds like another like live recording yeah. thing. I want to know like what show this was, or maybe they did it at a lot of shows and we're like, this one was the best one or something. 
And this one, but I like I, that they do that. This one actually sounds kind of uh, contemporary. It says it's coming to my quarantine. <laughs> you know, like it says, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the in the first verse is saying, saying Ian, baby, we can't lose. Are they talking to the producer at that moment? I think they're talking about their bass player. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Because uh, I thought the same thing that I was like, oh, one of the members of the band also has the name Ian. Oh yeah, well, the lead singer actually, Ian Savinius. Oh really? Yeah, he, <laughs> he actually does like TV now. Weird. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, um, the riff in this one, there's a riff that happens, and I'm sure they would hate it if if they heard me say it. It sounded like an Alice Chains riff. A what? A road riff? Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they hate that, too. What do you think of Alice in Chains? Are you, um, are you a fan of them? I, I listened to them seriously for the first time, like, last week. Oh, really? Because it, and it was... It was cool. I, I really like the song Them Bones, and that's yeah. partially because I'm a big Doom fan, <laughs> yeah. and they ripped it off for one of their songs, and I am I like Guitar Hero as well. Oh, like yeah. It was on Guitar Hero. I like that song. Yeah. Um, I like this song, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's so cool of having uh, like a punk rock album with a free jazz vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that also you can only hear if you think about it after hearing that jazz song because you can sort of hear the 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 fucked up parts of jazz are even in these punk songs you know what I mean yeah so like like uh, like I said there's there's hardly nothing anything to sing along with but uh this song also I I feel like it's another song poking fun or or uh sticking their tongue out at, I guess at, at medicine or vitamin. medicine, drug addiction, yeah. something. They yeah. they're against drugs of any kind. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, which brings uh, us. But yeah, they've yeah. got real. This one has. I mean, the whole album does, but this one's got some real good kind of screaming vocals oh, in it. Dude, yeah, so so many. Uh, brings us to Manic Drag Strip, uh, which this song is again sort of like how they're. This is sort of saying I'm not like you. Sort of like like uh like talking about people who don't care like they talk about we don't go to the parties because the the enemy we don't go to the parties yeah because we hate them come here because sugar don't go within the night like it's it's weird like I I'm not quite sure what they're trying to say with this but it's sort of like, I I for what I got from this one because they kept making references to like vampires uh-huh. and stuff was like don't go party with those people because like they'll drain you yeah and, it, and you know they'll they'll suck your blood they'll try to latch on to you like they're not they're not doing anything cool and this is like their their song trying to convince you not to go hang out with those losers hang out with us while we sit around and listen to free jazz and read philosophy books yeah uh, there's an alliance here that says they just want to suck your blood like the doctors and the rockers would their intravenous convenience is for them like the pledge of allegiance to their little aller jesus who makes you? Can't I, yeah, I wrote allergies as well. Yeah, yeah, it's because that's cool. It's a cool. That's a cool line. Again, not really singing along with this because, because again, like a lot of the lyrics don't go along with music. It's just like he's reciting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Or reciting it, screaming it. For most of it, he's yelling it. It's fucking killer. I would have loved to see this band live. I really would have. It sounded dangerous from what I've looked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Said audience members got injured. He. Lead singer broke an arm and a leg at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it's like seeing like a fucking like Hanatarash show <laughs> in Japan where dude 
just fucking whipping glass panels around. Yeah, I, I, I still remember hearing about that boy show where the guy lost a finger and they found it. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And they, 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 they got the finger back, and I think they really reattach it, but they found the finger after the Ford quit out. And they're like, whose finger is this? Yeah, and it's like, I can't, it's weird that, like, they found the finger before there was an g- obvious guy going, like, where'd my finger go? <laughs> Which is, fu- it's fucked up. I mean, like, like I, I don't know how you, how, how you're like, yeah, I went to a boy show last tonight, and I lost a fucking finger, and I got it it's back. It's like, from- my shoe fell off once at a guar show, and that's about as bad as it got. Did you get your shoe back? Yeah. Assaulted. No, actually, I got someone else's shoe. <laughs> it looked very similar to mine, and then I was taking it off when I got home, and I was like, "This is not my." That's shoe. not my shoe. Well, that's all right. How was seeing Gore alive? Uh, crazy. Oh yeah, you was- get absolute. I was front row, so I got absolutely doused in blood. And oh, I bet that was guts awesome. And alien cum. But that was awesome. Yo, it was great. I, I showed a hard times article where it's like, um, <laughs> Gore. Get arrested, get ready to get your assholes ripped open, or something like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, last train to cool. Next song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's it's hard for me to kind of like comment like super confidently on a lot of the songs, like what they mean and stuff like that, because I, the guy's I, vocal is are so like snotty and sarcastic that I have a lot of trouble figuring out when he's being sarcastic or playing a character what or being I, What satirical. I got on this is that there's this guy and he's he's basically trying to um he's trying to steal youth culture. You know, like mm-hmm. like uh you know this 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 motherfucker who this guy who comes through and he's like, I've got all this money, got a crowd side, just keep going. Uh so I feel like it's a guy just trying to steal youth culture, trying to steal what what you know, nation Ulysses are against. So that's what I got from it. But again, like you said, it's kind of hard to know. Um, Yeah. I guess what I got from this one was kind of people. He sees people as like getting stuck in this like punk rock elitism. mm -hmm. Um, so he's saying like, Hey, we stole punk rock from the punk rockers. Like, yeah. You're going to be elite about it. We're going to take it from you and basically change it and evolve it to fit our current needs. Because, again, that's the punk punk movement was, what, 20, 10, 20 years ago at that mm-hmm. point? Yeah. It's, it's weird because a lot of people like, uh, you know, for example, there's a song by um, Crash called Punk is Dead where they say that um, CBS promoted the crash not for evolution, just for cash, you know? So like uh-huh. the, so a lot of people are saying Clash sold out, which they may have, um, but I feel like Nation Ulysses are taking it back, <laughs> sort of like a exactly. Way, yeah, so that's what I got from this song, Train to Cool, um, but it, it's like it says, the last Train to Cool is basically saying punk's not supposed to be cool, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think it's cool as fuck. <laughs> so I do. I love, I love this. Record. It's cool, but like not like traditionally cool. Oh no, no. It's kind of like there's a. There's an older skater uh, whose name was Jeff Grosso. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he was older. He he died last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he talks about he has this series with Vans called like Love Letters to Skateboarding. Yeah, and one of them is like he's talking about kind of like the weirdos and the losers, and he's like skateboarding's not supposed to be cool. Like look at us, we were <laughs> a bunch of like weirdo outcasts doing weird shit. Like it keep the like, skateboarding supposed to be weird like 
don't make it like an Olympic sport or like a brand or something like that. Like, keep this shit weird. We're weirdos. Yeah, I'm gonna say something that's not kind of couth here, but I didn't listen to punk rock or or uh, skateboard to get pussy. <laughs> you know, like, like that. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't do it to be cool. Yeah. Like, I think the people are cool, but I I felt more accepted in those communities and scenes and all that stuff because I'm a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And they're fucking weirdos. Which brings us to Shakedown. Um, uh, which, more live shenanigans. Yeah, more live shenanigans. You're still on screen at the beginning of it. Woo! Or, yeah, there's <laughs> more spoken word with just, like, feedback. Yeah, and dudes, like, in the background, obviously not paying attention to music, but pay attention to what they're at the show doing. Uh, and I do like the live banner. It's like you hear stuff like that. I'm pretty into it. Um, I, yeah, I, I am too. I can't really put my uh, finger on this song what it's about um, all I could really get from this one like a lot of the notes I took on this one were just kind of like ideas that popped into my head while I was listening to it which yeah. could or could not be the thing but I don't know they they want me to think for myself so here I go um, <laughs> I got a a sense that like being nostalgic for like old scenes or yeah. you know crews and stuff like that like old things that like happened um but didn't really do anything or just kind of like a waste of time like being like it, it does maybe my mindset was just in it because the last train to cool but like just kind of sitting there thinking about like man but like wasn't the old punk scene really cool and it's like yeah maybe but this is it now like Stop making these weird comparisons. We're different people doing different stuff, different bands, yeah, says, different contexts. Yeah, for example, it says, you, Yeah, we killed, the, killed and stuffed your radio, filled your head with Kid Creole, all the dead ghosts of rock and roll. Um, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool song for sure. Uh, and it makes you wonder who Steve and Tim are, who them and James are. It could be probably people in the band, not located. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve and Tim are people in the band. And so is James, but um, uh, it's where they're referencing to each other. It's where they're yeah. referencing their band members by name in this song. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a way to make it so there's like they can't cause fake drama or they can't be like pe people being like this song's about me. Yeah, it's like no, it's about us. Fuck you. Yeah, it's a cool song though. Uh, but but the problem is it leads me into my least favorite song on the record. I think also my least favorite, Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, Boyd. It's it, yeah. That's exactly what I wrote down. Boyd, because it, it didn't say bird. It says Boyd. <laughs> mocking, mock, yeah, in Boyd, yeah. Um, and which it's he's basically doing like a cover and a riff on like the Mockingbird song. Except for the last verse, which has nothing. It's definitely not in the in the in the um the Mockingbird song. He says the only thing he's got drool on his lips. He got a kiss that's making me sick. Baby wants its culture on loan. The morning sound is already sold. We'll take it back, baby. Room to room, gonna kick into his tomb. That's why everybody's saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, the only thing I could potentially glean from this one is probably an anti... Maybe not like anti-consumerism, but like an anti-like... They're making these like bands or shows or stuff that are just remakes or they're copying sounds or they're doing something like that and they're just selling it back like yeah this was deep in the heart of the grunge movement happening which mm -hmm. was just a bunch of people trying to make the next nirvana by making a band that sounds exactly like nirvana yeah and uh, the, the funny thing is i actually i hate this song and i hate this version of the song even more yeah <laughs> same so, so uh it, I, I know what they're trying to do but it's my least favorite song i would have been just as fine 
if they didn't if they didn't have this um song on here. Yeah, they can add one of the three songs they cut. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Depression Three, which is the second sort of free jazz song, except there's some person singing in it. Yeah, it's got um distort it's like kind of like this weird distorted like somebody put in like a warped tape or something when they were recording it yeah uh the jazz song uh but it also features more of like an expanded band there's like some xylophone there's yeah. saxophone yeah i, I kind of have a hard time believing this, this one would have been played live yeah yeah um but yeah, this one doesn't it doesn't seem to have too much of a like political edge to it, but it is more it seems more about like depression struggles. He yeah. says, you know, I can't get from underneath this thing. Yeah. Like Depression Three. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a cool song. Um yeah, I, I like it. I like their weird jazzy interlude. Yeah, I did, not I did, even interlude, yeah. their songs. They're I like I like the way they break it up. You know, like Me too. Yeah, it's sort of sort of salving in a way. Um, <laughs> which brings us to SS Exploder. Yeah, um, back to the punk rock yeah, sound. Back to the anger, and I, 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 it's. And I wrote down. I don't know what this means. Is what does this mean for the kids in America? <laughs> I don't know. Why I wrote that down. Must uh, something I heard, but uh, again, it's hard to find lyrics for this one because there's parts of it in the actual album insert, but just a part of it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. A lot of man. A lot of bands do that where it's like uh, a, a guy, an artist I really like. Uh, fetus he he released an album that like he has like this long uh, he calls it like a tour diary but it's not it's like almost like this Mm -hmm. weird like epic poem thing but he keeps like referencing lyrics on the album in it yeah (laughs) it's it's so it's weird so it's like you're reading through it and you're like oh wait there's that thing he says so it's like i know two lines officially um i uh, bought a hard danger record used right the first Mm -hmm. one and it, it was like one of the original ones, like from 1994 or five, and which you, the the guy Sea Warehouse who I bought it from used, they came with the whole thing, like it was in perfect condition. But which you could have done at the the time I got it, like 2000, 2000 probably right before 9/11, and uh, so it's been long, old and fuck. Uh, you could have um, sent three dollars to the record label, and they would have sent you uh, a copy of the lyrics. Oh really? Yeah, and I, I actually found online what, what that's what it was. So I did send you like like what looked like the album insert, but not the album insert, just lyrics on it, which is interesting. But I could, I mean, I know all the lyrics anyway, just by heart. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bungle did something like that with um, Disco Volante. Yeah. Where, uh, if you look at the album insert it has like blanked out areas and mm-hmm. you could send them three dollars because they said like hey participate in this unusual scam send three dollars <laughs> to this and they basically sent you uh stickers and lyrics that you could stick into the the album thing that expanded the lyrics this is which, pretty cool uh so it was like a couple like picture stickers and then the lyrics for uh mamishka Squaz, the one that's just <laughs> gibberish <laughs> well um, but yeah, I like I like SS Exploder. It kind of makes me think that it's about um, like you know being born into like a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what we're dealing with now. We're having to deal with the world we were given. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah, it's lame. It's pretty fucking lame what we're given. Now we try to try to do the best what we can with it, and yeah, maybe try to fix it. Um, 
which is in the last song on the record, The Kingdom of Heaven Must Be Taken by Storm, which is complete chaos, that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very start and stop. It's yeah. like you get, like, bursts of chaos, and they're like, oh. Yeah. And then you get it goes back. And it's a great way to end the record. Uh, oh, it's awesome. It's not where I ended the record, because no. I didn't know that the last three tracks weren't part of it. Yeah, the last three tracks are part of it. Seven Inch, and I, I would recommend you guys listen to that stuff, too. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, because they the song that came up after this one, the sound of jazz to come is a really cool song <laughs> yeah. uh, that opens with like two minutes of like the band reading part of their manifesto yeah. <laughs> thing. Yeah. And the, the, the audience losing their mind at them for doing it too. Yes. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was nation. Ulysses plays pretty for baby. Um, I think both the records drew out today are pretty legendary classic records. Um, oh yeah, and I'm really, highly influential. Yeah, I'm really glad that I think both of them probably appear on the like thousand and one albums. Yeah, you need to hear before you die. Yeah, yeah, and which is great. I mean, I'm I'm glad that that um we didn't pick something from like 2012. You know, like even though we yeah. easily could have, we want something that was tried and true in this uh this uh one. Which uh, turns yeah. out we do a lot of that. <laughs> I, I do feel like music has gotten significantly less snotty though. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I think alternative music nowadays is not near as it's not easy it used to be. I think yeah, I th- or maybe as good at expressing anger. I think yeah. uh, you know Steve Albini and Big Black said that stuff about like not having in. Gosh, what did they call it? I wrote it down. It's kind of like intensity signifiers. Yeah, I don't uh, honestly. I don't want music. I, I wish music nowadays like alternative music was still stuff my parents would hate and not just tolerate. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, but uh, here we are. Um, oh well. Are you are you ready to pick our next topic or next? Yeah, song? I think we should. Okay, I get my. I, get the and I think out. everyone should check out both of these albums. Oh, I yeah. think. I think you'll get a lot out of them. Shake it up. Okay, I got one. And the next theme is Satanic Panic. Satanic Panic. <laughs> yes, I've been waiting to do this one. Uh, I got a few things in mind already. Oh gosh, I I have a bunch of stuff bounce around in my head. And yeah, I gotta decide. I might uh, actually uh, consult with my brother in this one. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Satanic Panic is our next one, and I can't wait to do it. It's gonna be fucking awesome. It's gonna be so fun. Um, so uh, what else you got going, pal? Well, uh, me and my friend, my friend Dylan and I, mm-hmm. uh, oh, we do. Yeah, I gotta be. Uh, grammatically correct about it uh we do the music for this podcast we do the intro track the closing track uh so if you like what you hear please check us out on bandcamp at Mm smell.bandcamp.com uh both of our little album ep things are free uh to download free to listen to so check it out we had a lot of fun making it and creating them uh yeah what you got going on uh, I do another podcast called Movies Don't Suck and Sunday Do Weekly. Uh, so every new episodes every week. I don't know when this will come out. Probably a couple weeks after the last episode. But we do stuff. We do two news. Like for example, the next one we're gonna do is on. Uh, well, t- one we're doing tomorrow is on old. And what was the other movie we watched? Oh yeah, Snake Eyes. Old and Snake Eyes. Oh um, yeah, we already talked shit yeah, about Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, and then next week we're doing the Green Knight and Jungle Cruise. So, um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually, I think I might actually go see Green Knight. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to watch Jungle Cruise, but Green Knight looks dope as hell. Well, the, I'm kind of interested in Jungle Cruise because it has an Indiana Jones vibe. 
so we'll. S oh, it's, it's just a Disney ride, though. I know, I know. It's so weird to me. Uh, yeah, but okay, but yeah, I'm gonna. We'll talk about that, but yeah, we did two movies a week. Uh, we we don't. It's it's just a movie review. It's not like we we talk shit in the movies unless they deserve it, which there are plenty to do, and some some, some to do. do exactly. So uh, that's why that's what I do every week, and um, uh, guys, stick around till the end of the episode, so you can hear that track by Vasm. And hopefully you'll uh, check out our band camp and find stuff you like about it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll see you next time on episode 35. All right. We'll see you guys later.